Okay, we're, uh, as, as you know, we've been traveling through Proverbs, and today we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 4. And uh, it's been a good journey, hasn't it? It's awesome just to get into some wisdom. And uh, in fact, next week, uh, Mark Wall is going to bring chapter 5, so you can, we can look forward to that. That's going to be awesome. But I get to do chapter 4, so I'm going to just go right in, um, and, uh, and we're going we're gonna to start doing this thing. Hear, O sons... A father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son of my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and he said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words. Of my mouth. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ravi Zacharias, but if you're if you're not familiar with him, I just gave you a wonderful, wonderful invitation to get familiar with Ravi Zacharias. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal man, um, and he is uh, an apologist. He was saved. Uh, he's an Indian man, and he was saved in India. Did not know who God was, and met Christ. Uh, he was preparing to kill himself, and has a tremendous testimony. And he has, since he has met Christ, has, he goes to universities and other places of thought leaders, and he debates and shares about the merits of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of heaven. And, and he does it from an, a tremendous place of humility and strength. He's an incredible man. Um, and, and what he does is he, he, he engages people in the conversation of, okay, if, you, uh, if, you be, if you're an agnostic and you believe thus, or if you're a Hindu and you believe thus, or, or if you're whatever you are and you believe thus, how do the, the leaders or the ideas that you have, how do they deal with the issues of, of, of life, of humanity? How, do they, how does your thought system, how does your religious system, how does your belief system, how does it deal with the problem of death? How does it deal with the problem of evil? How does it deal with the issue of justice and mercy and forgiveness? How does it deal with, with economics? Because every philosophy, every, every uh, basic um, premise of how we should do life has to adequately answer those questions in order for us to believe them and then, and then act upon those beliefs. So it's an equal playing field. We, we have been given the freedom by God to believe anything that we want. We are allowed to choose which way we will go. God has not mandated that you must do what he says on this earth. How many of you guys know that the Lord lets us sin? Whoa. But, but our belief system, while we have this time on earth in this season, our belief system is called to answer the issues of life. So, so you can say, I want to believe whatever I want to believe, and you have that freedom. God has given you that freedom. We, we also live in a nation, praise be to God, that also allows you that freedom, freedom of thought, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. So you're allowed to, to have that freedom to think those things, but in, in honest intellectual integrity, we, we would be required, though, to speak to those beliefs that we say that we hold and, and answer how they, how they deal with the issue of death, with the issue of purpose, with the issue of, of forgiveness, of love, of, of economics, of government, of evil. How does your belief system, how does it deal with the issue of evil? Amen? 
And so as he engages people in these conversations, it's just tremendous because he's coming from, from a wonderful premise of, of humility and love, but then when you engage on that, then suddenly you're able to have a conversation that, that, is, that is truly open to, for, for it's, it's less debate and more common inquiry into how, we, how does truth answer this question that we both agree about the problem, but we may not agree about the solution. That's a say law right there for us, isn't it? I believe we'd get a lot more done with some of those people in our lives if we could come humbly to say, let's, let's do a common inquiry together. Let's see how Jesus answers this issue, and let's see how what you at this moment are espousing answers these issues, and let's talk about it. Let's talk about, let's, let's compare and contrast. Isn't that beautiful? But one of the things that, uh, that Ravi, um, you can, uh, by the way, if, if, you, if you're not already listening to Ravi, he has a wonderful um, podcast, and it's called Let My People Think, and I encourage you, it will absolutely enrich your life. Make that part of your weekly mix. You will not regret it. One of the quotes that uh, Ravi brings is he says, we are seeking to engage a generation who hears with their eyes and thinks with their feelings. We're seeking to engage a generation. This present moment is a generation who hears with their eyes and thinks with their feelings. And I, I think you know where I'm going with that. You know, we, we have um, such incredible access to so many things. And the primary way, though, that we learn and think as a people is through our entertainment, our infotainment, and our social media. We, we, we come to so many of our, of our convictions and our decisions actually in a very passive way. And it's just spoon-fed to us. You know, it's like, here's this, here's this, this beautiful little meme. And you're like, oh, that's amazing. That's beautiful. And you're just like, oh, and there's the, there's the cute little giggling and there's the soft music below it and then the nice fade. And you're like, oh, I, I, I hear that in my heart with my eyes as I see it. And I feel good about it. And I make, a, I make a conclusion based on that moment. There's no context. There's no panning out. It's just that little, that little moment, right? And then, and then we have on the other side, right? We have the political spectrum. And it's like, you know, the thing comes on. He cut down 10 million trees and liked it. And you're like, whoa. And the, the music's pretty rough. So you're like, I can tell he's evil because I can hear the music. And you're like, I don't feel good about that person at all. That's like Cruella DeVille music. I'm going to vote no on that person. And and now we've made an informed decision. We, we, we heard with our eyes, right? And now we're making a decision with our feelings. And, and so we, we live in a, in a pretty, pretty passive, intellectually passive position as a generation. And so, so, so we have to say, okay, one, we look at that and we go, man, the world kind of does roll that way, doesn't it? It's like, no, I, I watched a documentary once about this and uh, I know what's going on now, you know? McNuggets are made from that pink stuff that came out of that. You guys, does anybody know what I'm talking about, right? The McNuggets are made of like, like big oil is bringing you McNuggets at McDonald's. Anyway, it was, it was proven a total hoax. But nonetheless, we, we see something, we hear it with our eyes, and we believe with our feelings. I didn't like how I felt when I saw that. Well, we are affected by that too, beloved. We are followers of Christ, but we live in a culture. It has a, it has a momentum. It has its own flow. And if we are not following Christ and continuing to follow Christ, and that's really what this is with, Pro, with Proverbs, which we're, we're seeking wisdom. If we're, not, if we're not engaging in this, we are affected by that, that current. You guys have swim down the river, right? It's super fun when you're going with the current. You don't have to do anything. It's like, oh yeah, 
right? And you're like, I'm just not even barely moving. But then you look over at the shore and what do you see, right? Trees are just floating by and you're like, oh boy, this is going to be a long walk to, to where I got in. You know what I'm saying? Or, or maybe you're going to swim across the river, and so you get into the river, and there's that current, and you start swimming, and you're like, I'm doing great, but you got in, like, here, and you got across the river, like, way down there. Why? Because there's a current. And we live in a current. We live in a current. So if we're not actively pursuing Christ and his kingdom, then we are passively being moved by that current. And I would like to suggest to you, you and I, uh, to everyone here today, that we need to, to take these words of the Proverbs and put them into action because as we're doing these things, then we'll live. And I'm going to walk you through that right now. But if we're passive, you're further downstream than you think. And you may find that a lot of the, a lot of the conclusions that we're coming to, the, the current place that we are right now, it may not be as close to where you started as you think. You, you and I may be finding, oh my goodness, I, I really do hear with my eyes and think with my feelings. So he says, he says here, let your heart hold fast my words and keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Don't turn away from them. Keep them. Keep those things. Hold fast to my words. There's action in that, isn't there? There's an act of will, isn't there? This isn't something where you, you just pop, pop it on audio and go, I'm going to listen to that while I brush my teeth this morning. I'm pretty sure it'll get in there. What's that, Father? Yeah, okay, love people. Yeah, love the Lord, right? <laughs> There's, 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 there's more to it than that, isn't there? Let's continue on. Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. I love this. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. <laughs> I love Proverbs so much. They're just good for me. I'm, a, I'm just a small town guy, you know? We keep it simple. The beginning of wisdom is this, get the wisdom, right? It's like the beginning of drinking milk is this, don't forget the milk. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you and she will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland and she will bestow on you a beautiful crown. The, the thing that, that, I, that I, I really want to pull out here is this is an act of will and action, not merely an act of intellect. I think a lot of us, because God, ha he really has wired us differently, which is a gift. Like, we're interdependent. I'm so glad y'all don't think just like me. And, and you probably are too. Um, I, like, we are all, we all bring something different. And I think oftentimes, uh, we can find ourselves disqualifying ourselves from walking with Christ in certain ways and from interacting with the scriptures in certain ways because we have this idea of, well, I need to become like a theologian. I need to have some kind of a degree that has ology in it 
in order to really truly engage with what God would require of me, to really understand that I need to, I need to really be a deep thinker or something. And that is not the case. It's not the case. It's not the case with wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. This is not the case of you need to be a super smart, super deep thinker in order to get wisdom. No, you need to act upon what wisdom has taught you. It's an act of will. It's an action in light of what God has said. I will respond to that word. And as I do that, that action has made me wise. And so, so this is an invitation for all of us. Some of, the, some of the most successful people that I have ever met have the shortest to-do lists that I've ever seen because they have focused on the things that they know to be true and they keep doing them. And you know what's amazing about that? That wisdom has placed a garland upon their head and a beautiful crown on them. They have been successful in their relationships, successful in their health, successful in their pursuits. Why? Because they've done the thing that they know to do. And they've not diverted from that. They've got wisdom. And, 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 and I might want to have a conversation about something that is outside of their field. And you know what they say to me? You know, I don't really know very much about that. I'm interested. I mean, talk to me about it if you'd like. But I've never really looked into that. That's not really, that's not really what I'm working on in this life. And it's not because they're willfully ignorant. It's because they know what they're about. They've gotten wisdom. And they're doing what they've been called to do according to the scriptures. And they're not distracted by a million other things. So it wasn't a matter of intellect, maybe in the way that we might look at it. It wasn't a matter of, well, I need to be able to speak publicly, or I need to be like Ravi Zacharias in order to make this work. No, they're like, I need to be able to respond to the word of God faithfully in each day and in my life. And as they've done that, they've gotten wisdom. They've gotten insight. And they've thrived. And there's some of you, you, you in this room right now that have felt intellectually inferior in your life. And I want to say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, no, you are wise beyond many around you because you have acted upon what you know from God. And he honors you for that rather than been stymied by what you do not know rather than being paralyzed by what you do not know, you have acted upon what you know. And that is wisdom. Can you receive that? Hear, my son, and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction and do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. I, I love this beautiful language in here. Guard her, for she is your life. Who? Wisdom. She is your life. Guard her, for she is your life. The first thing I want to point out, again, is these action words. Look at these action words. These are an act of will. This is not a passive, this is not a passive thing. You see, action is belief. 
Like I can know about something, but that doesn't mean that I believe it. I can even say I believe something, but I really don't believe it unless I act upon it. Like I believe that this stage is solid, and you know that I do because I'm standing on it. If I didn't believe that it was solid, I would be standing somewhere else. And I might be able to tell you, I'm pretty sure. I've heard the stage is solid. But it's a whole nother thing when you see me walking around on it, isn't it? You believe that the chairs that you're sitting on are for sitting. And the way that I know that is because you are resting your valuables on that chair. You're not hovering. You're not like pacing or I mean bracing to where you're like, I think it's solid. I'm not gonna like sit on it or anything because I don't want to fall. No, you have absolute belief. How do I know that? How do you know that? Because you've acted upon what you believe. You've acted upon it. You see, faith is well-informed trust in the one who has said the thing in which you are trusting. Not a bumper sticker. But are you with me? Your faith, your faith is not an abstract thing. It's not a leap into something that you don't know. Your actual faith right now is being activated in this chair. You have faith that God made gravity work so you're not going to float away. You have faith that when we form this carbon into a particular shape, that it will hold your weight, and therefore you are acting upon what you believe, and that's why you're sitting comfortably in that chair. Can you receive that? Our faith in God is based on the person of Jesus Christ, that he was born from a virgin, walked the earth, healed and showed that he was the son of God, affirmed the scriptures and fulfilled them in all that he did, died and then rose again as the firstborn in his new body, the same kind of one that we will get when we are finally completely redeemed, meaning our body as well. Right now, we're in Christ waiting for this body to catch up. The older we get, the more we look forward to that day. But we're acting upon the reality of who he is. We're acting upon the faith that we have in him. It's not a leap. It's not, a, it's not like this metaphysical like, mm, no, no. You act upon what you actually believe. And the Proverbs calls us to that same action. This is an act of will. You're here today to listen to these scriptures as an act of will because you believe that when we gather together, like the scriptures say, do not forsake gathering together as some have, but all the more encourage each other as the day approaches. That's why you're here, because you believe that. You believe that it's valuable, and so you are here. If you didn't believe that, you would not be here. You've acted upon that faith. Are you with me? And so in this, in this Proverbs, Proverbs is always calling you back. And all of the scriptures, in fact, are calling you to an action. Now we can say also, it's okay for us to say, we're calling you to belief. That's totally appropriate. We can use that language. Let's use that language. It's absolutely fine. But just understand this. You only act upon what you actually believe. So if there's something that you're saying, well, I believe this, but you do not act upon it, you do not actually believe it yet. 
Because when we believe something, we also act upon it. They are one and the same. You see that? And Proverbs calls us to this. And I love these action words. Hear, hear, my son. That's an action. I have, to, I have to cause myself to be in a posture and a practice of listening. So have you, how many of you have that friend that never listens? Don't raise your hand. They might be sitting next to you. Right? And you're like, you, <laughs> you might say you're listening, but you are not listening. There's a posture. There's a practice of listening. Someone blessed me hugely recently. They came to me and they said, did I listen? Did I listen? Because I'm working on listening. I was like, you are a dear friend to me. They came to me and said, this is something I'm working on. I want to make sure that I'm listening and not just thinking about the next thing that I want to talk about. Talk about humility, but also talk about love. And then to come and say, did I listen to you? I was like, I don't even care anymore. I don't know. Come here and just hug me. I love you. And then, and then teach me how to do this better. Um, so there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a posture and there's a practice. And the Proverbs is calling us to be in the posture and the practice of listening for wisdom. Listening to the teachings of God in the scriptures. But what are these scriptures? They are also the words written by the mothers and fathers of the faith who have walked with God. So, so when you and I are going to gain wisdom, you have to catch this, you're not going to gain it by looking within. You have to hear it from somewhere. Now this is, I think, I, by the way, I love Disney films so much. I love them so much. I just do. I'm just, I'm all over that. However, we have grown up with a common theme coming from most children's stories set to beautiful music and so amusing and amazing. But they say, above all, listen to your heart. Like, what is your heart telling you to do? Listen to it. And, and, and unfortunately, a lot of us do. But God says something very differently about our heart. He says, your heart is deceitful above all things. Not, not just like one of the deceitful things, above everything else, in the area of deceit is your heart. Literally an antichrist teaching here. I know, right? I'm not saying stop watching Disney. I love Disney. I'll probably go home and watch one just to, just to feel good after this. But the point is, that is an absolute antichrist message. Just listen to your heart. Just, it'll never lead you astray. <laughs> Have you never met a three-year-old? They listen to their hearts. Full on full-on listening. I can't even believe, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, but I, I digress. But what's this? You've got to listen to the King of Kings, and you're listening to others who are walking with Christ, and we're all pointing back to the words of wisdom which are written in the Word of God. We're in a posture and practice of hearing. It's an act of will. Then it says this, and, and accept that's another action word. That's another action word. When I married Karen, I said, do you accept this vow and with it my heart? And she did. And a lot of really cool things have happened since then. But it was an act of will. She didn't say, I believe I may. No, no, no. She said, I do. 
I do, and I did for her too, and I still am doing that. But it is an action. Do you see this? And it's the same thing with the Lord. These are actions, and they're not just a one and done action. They're a daily action. Accept my words that the years of your life may be many. Now it continues on. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. Who? Did, 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 did Joshua teach Joshua the paths? No. Did Joshua lead Joshua in the paths of, unrighteous, of, of unrighteousness? Yes. Of uprightness? No. He's the one doing that. So again, I am acting upon where I'm being led and I am acting upon what he has taught me. So, so I'm, I'm, again, it's a posture and it's a practice and it's active. Are you guys catching this? When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. I love this. So now, because you're in this posture, because you're in this practice, because this is your rhythm, then when you walk, you won't stumble. Why? Because you're learning from God and others. You're not just learning about stuff. You're doing the stuff you learned about. Do you see that? And it absolutely shapes the way that you walk. It's the rhythm of your life. I, 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 one of the things that, that I often think through is, Joshua, if it suddenly became totally illegal to actually follow Christ in our nation, so it's like if you got caught, like if you're a drug dealer, right, there's certain things you have to have. You have to have drugs. <laughs> it's important. You have to have them in small quantities that look like you're planning to sell them, Right? You have to go be at places and call people and have them call you and show up and buy them and there has to be an exchange of money. Those are all practices of a drug dealer. And in order to convict a drug dealer of dealing drugs, you need to have those things. Intent to sell, possession. They have to physically be there. And you have to have a witness that sees that and goes, I saw Joshua Rivas standing over on the corner and a bunch of people kept driving by, and then when I showed up, he had a pocket full of dope, and they were in small quantities that he was planning to sell them, and then when I came up and asked him to buy some, then he said, yes, and then the minute that I took the money, then the undercover cop arrested me. Why? Because there's evidence that I am actually dealing drugs. So let's say you're a follower of Christ, and I often think about this. If I were a follower of Christ, according to the teachings of the scriptures, could someone convict me of it? Would I be convicted of it? And then you have to ask yourself, what do followers of Christ do? They care for the widow and the orphan and the poor. They keep themselves unspotted from the world. And they are actively making disciples of all nations, teaching them to do all that God has commanded. Do, do I do that? Is that something that I'm... Is that something I'm guilty of? They honor God with the first fruits of their finances and they put that towards the extension of the kingdom. Do I do that? Is that like if that were illegal, would I be convicted of being a follower of Christ? Do I act like, do I look like, and is there evidence that would convict me of being a follower of Christ? It's a great question, isn't it? This is like, look at it from that terribly negative perspective. But it is, it's helpful, isn't it? And, and here's the thing. 
everything for which you would be convicted of something, or let's go the other direction, everything for which you would be rewarded of something, is an action, not a thought. And this is what I love about Proverbs, is it calls us back to the practice and the posture, the actions of wisdom in the kingdom. Then when you walk, you will not be hampered. I love the story where Daniel is convicted of breaking the law of the land. And you guys recall the story. David, I mean, uh, Daniel, he's amazing, right? He's the best. It says that he was the most wise, the most talented, and the most absolutely productive in his work. And it says, and the people that were his enemies couldn't get him in trouble for anything because he was more excellent than everyone else. So they couldn't get him fired for being lazy or sick or slacking or cheating or doing. In other words, he kept himself unspotted from the world. So he was living out righteously. So like, well, we can't get him for sinning. That's not going to work. We can't get him fired for sinning. We're going to have to get him fired for something that has to do with the rhythm and practice of his life. Oh, I know. Daniel prays three times a day. We all know it because we all see him do it because it's part of his practice. In the morning, Daniel prays. He faces Jerusalem and he says, Father in heaven, bless Jerusalem. Because the scriptures say to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So he does that. And in lunchtime, he sits down again, or he kneels down again, Father God, and he prays through the prayer. And again in the evening, he prays. Now, this wasn't all that he prayed, but that's part of what he prayed. And because of the posture and the practice and the action of Daniel, his enemies changed the laws to make it illegal to pray. But Daniel was already in the practice and posture of acting upon the teachings of God. And like any follower of Christ, it's like just because you change the law of the land does not mean God has changed the law of the kingdom. So I will continue in this practice. And of course, we know the story gets thrown into the lion's den and God protects him because God backs us up. And even if he hadn't, you know, that's the beauty I love about all these, right? Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. You know what? You can throw us in the fire and, God, and we may die, but this we know. We will follow God and not you. And, that, and that's what, that doesn't happen in a day though. <laughs> That comes from a practice, a rhythm, a posture and a practice of acting upon the words of God, which is wisdom. And you guys are part of that rhythm, by the way, today. So good job, you. Like you're here right now as a part of a weekly practice and action of coming and taking the scriptures in and considering them and listening to someone else and going, oh Lord, do my actions and thoughts, do my practices and actions, do they match up with yours, with your word? It's the opposite of following our heart, isn't it? Just, just, just follow your heart. Now for us, there is a context where we do say, check in with your heart. It's very important because we have to love the Lord God with all of our heart, all of our strength, all of our soul, and all of our mind. In Luke, he says that, right? The, the, the young Pharisee comes and says, Lord, how do I it, it, it inherit eternal life? And he says, well, how do you read the commandments? And the young man says, Love God with all your heart, all your strength, all your mind, and all your soul. And love your neighbors yourself. He says, great, do that and you'll live. That's that's amazing, isn't it? What was my point? (laughs) I completely lost it. You have to check in with your heart in order to know that you're loving God. You have to check in with your heart to know that you are. So if your heart is far from him, how will you know that unless you check in? So there's a context with checking in with your heart. However, you don't say, therefore, heart... 
what do you now believe is good and right for me? No, no, no. You say, Hart, what's going on? And Hart says, I want two wives. And you go, okay. Rather normal desire of the deceitful heart. Um, let's check in. Lord, what do you have to say? You get one wife. And you don't act wifely with her until you're married in a covenant. And I go, Hart, I hear what you're saying, buddy. But we're going to go ahead and act upon the will of God. And we're going to practice and posture that. And you know what happens? Later, my heart goes, we are barely, barely hanging on of being equally matched to one wife. Thank God we didn't have two. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> Do not enter the path of the wicked. And do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong, and they are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. What is interesting about this, because as you know, Jason shared last week, the Proverbs contrast and compare righteous versus evil. That's, that's part of that exercise. It's looking at both sides of things. It's like, okay, the Lord is saying this is wise, this is good. What are the evil saying? What are others saying? What does that look like? And so you contrast foolishness and wisdom, wickedness and righteousness. So he's contrasting. Here's something that I, that I want to point out, and we'll, and we'll close right after this. But I want to point out what's interesting is that the rhythms... And, the, and the, so the practice and the posture of evil also creates something. It also creates a character. And here you see this. You see that the wicked are enslaved by their own rhythms. They're enslaved by their own practices and habits. And here it's saying they can't even sleep unless they've done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they've made someone stumble. You and I are robbed of sleep unless we've done what is good and right. You know when you're laying in bed at night and you go, you know the last, last word that I had, Jesus did not high-five me for that. I had the, lot, the last word. Ah, I wish I wouldn't have. And your, your conscience convicts you. You can't sleep because you haven't done righteousness, because you're in the practice and posture of acting upon righteousness. The wicked can't sleep because... They can't wait to do something wicked. They have to go and be fulfilled by that. You and I are slaves of righteousness. Don't you love that scripture? Right? There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus have received the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free. And you are no longer under the power of sin and death. Those that are practicing wickedness are still under the law of the power of sin and death. Literally, the brain is wired to do wrong things. And they're enslaved to it. They can't sleep until they've done it. You and I can't sleep until we've fulfilled righteousness. It's a, certainly a much better flow, isn't it? You see, the, the rhythms and the posture of following Christ form Christ in us. And as Christ is formed in us, it shapes the rhythm and the posture and the actions of how we live. 
It's one and the same. Now, is it possible to try to enter into these rhythms and these beautiful, the posture and the practice that I'm talking about, is it possible to do that while missing out on relating with God? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Pharisees pulled that off wonderfully well. They, they, they completely embraced rules and regulations, created even more. I think there were 600 and something. How many are there, Doug? Pardon? Okay. 700? New rules to keep the Ten Commandments. Okay, so they created this very burdensome lifestyle and missed Christ. Is it possible for us to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Let me help you out with that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, just don't. Don't. When you're there, bring your heart and say, Lord, I want to practice I'm in a posture of hearing and receiving from you. I want to be aware of your presence as I do these things. But in those times, even when I don't, even when I may not in this moment be aware of your presence, I'm still going to be in a posture and a practice of responding to your word. And you know what happens? You become more and more aware of his presence. Because you're, you're looking for that. You're calling for that. He's a good God. He's going he's to bring that. Make sure that you're in a posture, not just a practice, Right? You're hearing, you're receiving, you're being sensitive to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, teach me your ways. But you're also looking at the scriptures and going, what do you have to say about this, Lord? And you're in that practice. We're gonna talk again. We, we recently did a, a series on rhythms of a disciple and we're gonna come back and touch on that again because one of the areas, and this is why I love Proverbs so much, one of the areas where I believe we truly perish for lack of knowledge as the people of God is that we're not in the practice of looking at the scriptures and having a scripture that we're meditating on each day and touching in with that and saying, Lord, here's your word and here's my heart. Have I aligned my heart with your word? And at lunchtime again, you're looking, Lord, I'm still thinking of that word. Have I aligned my heart with it? God, give me the grace to do that. Again at dinner, we're seeing it again. Father, I keep thinking of that word because I'm in the practice, I'm in the posture, I'm in the rhythm of looking at the word and then saying, Lord, your word is life. Your word washes me. Your, your word renews me and transforms me by the renewing of my mind. Is my mind able to perceive and hear and understand your ways? And that's what this proverb is teaching us. My son, this is how you walk. This is how you run. This is how you think. This is how you practice. This is the posture of wisdom. Will you receive that? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this great people that you have called for such a time as this for these cities and for your glory. Strengthen us, God, and give us wisdom and grace as we act upon your commands to love you and to love our neighbor. Amen. The prayer servant team is coming forward, and uh, we'd love to pray for you. So if you, uh, if you need prayer, don't, don't leave without it.